episode number 177 from the WSOP. Welcome to the Heads Up Poker Podcast. This is Steve Barton, and thank you for tuning in. I am coming to you at a bittersweet time right now. It's uh, the last day of the WSOP for me. Last day of uh, poker for the summer, at least in uh, Las Vegas. I uh, I added up my results so far, and um, pretty pleased with myself. I'm, uh, I've cashed in 7 out of 18 tournaments. Um... That's counting three that I played online. So if we just count the live uh, tournaments, then I've cashed five out of 15. So we're running a solid 33% uh, rate here, um, which is definitely above uh, expectation. But um, it's uh, it's been a solid summer. I've made about 1300 bucks, something like that. Um, but yeah, this has just been an amazing summer. Um, all the people that I've met, I... I really am humbled and just kind of taken aback of how many people have come up to me in the last three weeks and asked me, are you Steve Barton? And I'm like, I, I, I was, I was just really floored. Uh, the, the amount of you guys that came up and just said that you like the show, you follow me on Twitter, you enjoy listening. And, you know, uh, this is what keeps you going, uh, Monday morning on the way to, uh, work. And, um, that was really, really cool. So thank you guys. I appreciate all of you. And, um, next year I will remember to bring the hats <laughs> and, uh, hit me up and I'll give you one. <laughs> all right. Um, you know, I just got to hang out with a lot of guys, Derek, Carlos, Mike. Uh, I got to hang out with Mike Pearson and, uh, Alex Venosa. Uh, saw Greg Raymer twice, said hey to him. Uh, Peter, the source Morris, uh, he was at uh, PT's pub at the uh, TPE meetup, which was epic. Uh, Dylan, Andrew, um, who you guys will hear here in a minute, uh, Edgar, um, and dozens of other people. I'm just, I'm, I just can't remember in the moment right now, but, um, thank you. This guy, this was an awesome, awesome vacation. I had an interesting thing that happened at, uh, Caesars tournament. Um, I, <laughs> I, I it was the day of uh, the TPE meetup and I had about um, seven hours to play poker. We we're meeting up at eight o'clock and it was uh, one in the afternoon and I was like, okay, let's look through the tournaments here and let's, let's not just waste seven hours. Let's, let's play something. And I really, I just don't like cash. I'm, I'm ahead in it, but I'm not very good at it. I just like tournaments a lot better. They're more fun to me. And, uh, so I, um, I looked up tournaments and the only one I found was, um, one that was any kind of worthwhile that wasn't a $45 buy-in, uh, was a 150 buy-in at Caesars that started, uh, about 45 minutes ago. So I got in the car, got down there, do what I never do. And I late reg probably shouldn't have, but, uh, it worked out. Uh, well, firsthand it did not. <laughs> I sat down at my table. I had uh pocket jacks firsthand i sit down to 30 big blinds which is my minimum for uh buying and i try to do 50 but in a tournament like this it's so soft i think 30 is acceptable um i sit uh sit down and look at pocket jacks i make it uh 3x so blinds are 500 a thousand we got 30k i make it 3k a woman out of the um um on the button she makes it 
uh, I believe she made it 7K, and it folds back around to me. 7 or 9, I remember it was odd, but it wasn't 11. It was not 11. It was either 7 or 9. And I thought, oh, what the hell? And so I ship Jax in there, and she insta-calls, and she has kings. And I'm like, well, what did you think a um, woman in her 60s would have that, uh, you know, was posturing like that? So I think I might have overplayed that one a little bit. But then I went right back and uh, bought back in, and I thought, okay, well, that was fast. One hand. Come back. Uh, first hand I play at the at my new table um, was uh, I get pocket eights, and I'm in the big blind. And we have about six limpers. So again, we still got 30 big blinds and we now have um, an extra blind and a half from the ante and the small blind. And we have six limpers. We have pocket eights. I ship it. Everyone looked pretty weak. Uh, they did not look like they wanted to call as I was kind of stacking my chips and scanning the table. So I shove it in and I thought, if anyone limped here with nines or better, GG, <laughs> this was not my tournament. It folds all the way through, and after that, I told myself, I'm going to ship this tournament. And that's what happened. Out of 47 players, about uh, five or so hours later, um, we uh, we get down to three-handed. And I've heard of this happening before. I tweeted about it, but I've never had it personally happen to me. Uh, we got down to three-handed, and one of the guys asked me, he said, uh, you know, would you be interested in a chop? And I do what I always do. And I said, no, I would just want to play like that when I point to the prize pool. And uh, then he says, ah, okay, that's what I thought. And I, I do kind of a quick chip scan and I've got about 450K. Um, the guy to my right, uh, he's got about 250. And then the other guy had around like 120, 130. And uh, so I was in the commanding chip position here. You know, I have almost 60% of the chips in play. And... I thought, no, I, I, don't, I have no interest in a chop. <laughs> Even if I was the short stack, I probably wouldn't unless I was given some overwhelming deal. Um, then I hear the two guys talking about splitting second and third and giving me first. And I'm like, I must not be hearing these guys right. And then the other guy, he asked, well, how much would it be if we chopped second and third and we gave him first? And I did some quick math right there. And I saw that third was 800 and change. Second was 1200 and change. And first was 1800 and change. And I told him, you guys would both get a little bit over a grand. And they said, well, that sounds good to me. And I said, okay, so just to be clear, you guys are going to chop second and third and you're going to give me first. And they said, yes. And I said, okay. And so we told the dealer and the dealer called over the uh, tournament director. The tournament director came over and he verified that they were in fact chopping second and third and they were going to give me first. And they said, yes, he didn't bat an eye. He went over and started doing the paperwork. The dealer never raked in the chips. So we still have our stacks in front of us. And we've now been waiting several minutes for the tournament director to come back and pay us out. And I can see that these guys are starting to have second thoughts about what just happened. <laughs> they realized that they pretty much just gave me $800. And then one of the guys says, uh, well, maybe this isn't such a hot deal. Let's start uh, counting up our chips. So he starts counting up his chips and, and I'm counting up my chips. I'm trying to make small talk. And uh, uh, just then the tournament director comes over and he's got three uh, stacks of money in uh, paper clips and he hands them out to us and GG. We took first three-handed without playing a hand. So, 
That was an awesome tournament. I uh, Some of those tournaments, the rake is a little high, but um, I think you make up with it by the fact that probably 20% of the people that are buying into these tournaments, you know, they... They, they really aren't going to make the money. They just don't have the, uh, you know, they're, they're drinking. They, um, you know, they just don't have what, um, um, they're not prepared to play six hours of poker, you know. And, uh, I think, uh, you know, if you're starting out on a, uh, on a limited bankroll, there's a lot of value in these little ones, especially if you've got an edge and you know your push fold ranges and, uh, you just play snug poker. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was a, uh, that was a fun win. <laughs> I'll take it. I also want to throw a quick thank you out to everyone that backed me in um, in the win tournaments and at the uh, WSOP main. I appreciate it, you guys. Uh, I wish those could have been, because uh, they were the biggest three tournaments that I played, I wish they could have been uh, one of the caches. Unfortunately, they were not. But uh, I'm sure after doing this this year uh, and selling a little bit of action for some of these bigger tournaments, I think I'm going to do this from uh, here on out. I always had a mental block in my head about getting backed, and I was like, ah, I'd just rather, uh, I don't know if it was a make it on my own kind of thing, or I just didn't want to do it. I, I don't know what it was, but uh, for whatever reason, Mike got that out of my head, and I got backed by uh, three of the of the uh, 18 tournaments that I played, and it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. I'm appreciative of it, and uh, thank you guys. That was cool. It was neat to have uh, someone in your corner rooting for you. Today, I'm going to play the last tournament of this uh, trip, and it's going to be an interesting tournament. It's a it's a little $200 buy-in, and it's a tag team tournament. So, I'm... Uh, the way it works is uh, you and a partner sign up. You each put in $100, and then whatever you cash out, you, uh, you split. And you... Um, you get... Um, uh, you can tag in or out whenever you want. I believe one player only has to play one rotation of the button, and then you're considered a legit team, and then the other guy could play for as long as he wants. Uh, but I'm going to play the tag team event with uh, Gal Mindy uh, that I met out here months ago at one of uh, one of the win tournaments. Uh, so her and I, she's a local pro, and um, her and I are going to try to ship it. So we'll see how it goes. I'm going to attempt to record a little um, kind of live session for whatever else you want to uh, call it. It'll be for my phone after the tournament with uh, uh, Mindy and I, uh, for better or worse. Uh, <laughs> we could be recording it a half an hour after we enter, but I doubt that. We'll probably fire uh, at least a couple of barrels, a couple of bullets if uh, if we don't catch the first one. But uh, good luck us. Hopefully... Uh, we're recording this about 12 hours from now, which means we went uh, super deep, possibly won it. So we'll take a quick break, and we'll find out how we did in the tag team. You want to start shipping tournaments? Tournament Poker Edge, or TPE as it's known in the biz, if you fancy. Tournament Poker Edge is the best training site out there for tournaments. If you're serious about getting better at poker, this will be the best thing you've ever done for your tournament game. TPE. Check out the forums. Watch the free training videos. They have over 10 hours of free training videos to watch. Start with those and just devour them. When you sign up, use the code HUPMONTH, HUPQUARTER, or HUPYEAR. You will get a discount. You will SYSC. Save yourself some cash. Tournament Poker Edge. The best tournament training site ever. 
<laughs> okay, we're here at the uh, Planet Hollywood, and we just uh, played the tag team event. It was me and Mindy and Andrew Peeper came in just to see the final table. Right. Like, yeah. Yes. Perfect <laughs> timing. <important> yes. <laughs> so we started uh, about eight and a half hours ago, and we got out of 163 teams, we got fifth. <laughs> so yes. Math is hard. <laughs> I'll drink to that. Let's go shopping. Yes. <laughs> Got my celebratory scotch right now. Yes. <laughs> so let's see. We fired two bullets. Uh, the first one, um, well, was horrible. yeah, the first one was pretty bad. It right. was horrible. Yeah. I, <laughs> Can I we should... talk about it? <laughs> well, that one, let's see. How did we go out? Uh, I came in. Um, you left me with a little bit of a stack. I think I still had like 20 big blinds. And that's 3K off the bat. Yeah, right off the bat. Uh, then I uh, I had, let's see, I had Queen 10 suited. I three bet a guy uh, hoping to take it down pre-flop. He thought about it. He was an older guy, probably 80 years old. He had on, uh, you know, like one of those Navy uh, veteran hats, you know, with the flag and pins on it mm -hmm. and stuff. Uh, he looks at his cards again, and then he flicks in a call. So we got Queen, Ten of Diamonds. The flop comes out, 10, 8, X. Uh, so we got top pair. He checks. We bet. He calls. Then the turn is a queen, so now we got top two. Mm -hmm. He looks down at his uh, chips acting like he's going to bet and then he checks mm -hmm. we bet he shoves all in mm -hmm. now there's about 10k yeah. in the pot and we have 3k behind and then I turned to him and I asked him I said do you ever not have jack nine here Right, like you knew it, but we didn't have enough chips, so right. we had to just throw it in. I figured I had to call, like there's no way you can ever fold right. that, but like he just always like, has like jack Like everything nine. he tells you, he has jack nine. Yeah, it, the way he's talking, yes. everything, I'm just like... But with only that much behind, which was my fault, because I left this short. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> but but uh, anyways, I flick anyways. in a call, and of course he has jack nine, and we don't hit a queen or a ten, so GG. So that was round one. Yes. Round two. Better. Uh, yeah, that was significantly better. Who started off round two? Was it me or you? I don't remember. I think you did. I did? Yeah. Okay, I played round yeah, two. Probably you yeah, because you, you, yeah. you left us short, and then I doubled us up. Yeah, but that's that right. Only, yes. That was the good thing I did. That's right. Yes. The first thing I did was I... Uh, uh, you called me. Yeah, I, I, I lost a bunch of chips right off the bat, and then I tagged you, and I yes. basically said we have six oh. and a half big blinds. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> and so I took off and played video poker, expecting yes. to get a text 20 minutes yes, later yes, and just yes. be done. But I got a text that you doubled up. Yes. Okay, what happened there? I wasn't there for that one. You had threes? Um, oh, I had pocket threes. Nice I, I raised and somebody shoved and I called because, again, we didn't have that yeah. many chips. But um, And it was a race. Okay. And I won, won a race. You have to nice. win races to win tournaments, right? Yes, yeah. So I won the race. And three is my lucky number, so I knew I was going to win it. And I yes. Won it. So I doubled us up. I got us back to 20K. That was fun. Then he tapped me out. And then I tapped you out. And then you came in and replaced me for about four minutes while I ran and took a piss. Yeah, but I didn't back. play a hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You pulled it all <laughs> <laughs> And the rest, uh, let's see. What were some interesting hands? There was one at the final table you were kicking me for and said you were going to unsubscribe from the podcast after I folded it. I think I was in the small blind. We were five-handed, under the gun raised. We had, how many big blinds did we have in the small blind? I think it was like 13. Like 13 bigs. Yeah. Okay, so we have 13 bigs in the small blind, and it was ace-10 suited, mm -hmm. or was it ace-10 off? 
Is Ace 10 suited? Ace 10 suited. And you're the short, Chip, you're open, you're the short stack. I'm the short stack, yes. yeah. yeah. That's the biggest at, thing at right the, there. At the final two, yeah. Yeah, that was a shove. Yeah. It was. I, The dynamic between he and I, we'd been playing at the same table the entire tournament. That, 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 yeah, history did, I knew, did yeah. come into history. it a little bit. Yeah. And the way he was like, uh, he, he said like, uh, your kicker's no good, your hand's no good, just let it go. Right. This is the muck. The friendly dynamic <laughs> that we'd built over the last yes. like six hours, uh -huh. I kind of felt almost like it was one of those when he flipped over his hands, I told you, uh -huh. you know, yeah. and... Man, yeah, that was a call. And we asked him later, and he had ace ten, so it would have been a uh, would have been a flip, but oh well. Well, what you, I saw you going all in five or six times, and you won. You were ahead every time except for the one time when you had ace jack against ace queen. Yeah. And we got the miracle jack on the turn, which yes. is beautiful. Yes. And I celebrated, <laughs> which was not really appropriate. But I still did it. Yeah. I never said I had a perfect edit yet, okay? But that was the only hand that we got lucky. That was the only hand we, we, had that we got lucky on. But all the others, you got to be good. Yes. So, yeah, I was not tapping him out ever. <laughs> so I will ride in your coattails to the end. You're staying. That was fun. So what, uh, what, what, do you, what do you got going on tomorrow, Andrew? What, uh, what are you doing? Not too much. Um... <clears throat> Uh, yeah, I think I'm just hanging out with, uh, you know who Jay Smith is? Jay Smith 84 he's a streamer. Okay. Uh, yeah, just hanging out with him. Uh, birthday's on Thursday, so just... Oh, cool! Yeah, keep it, taking it easy for a couple of days. I Happy think. early birthday, how old are yeah. you? Uh, 27. Happy birthday! <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well done, sir. Yeah, <laughs> cool. Yeah. What are you doing? I'm playing the WSP tag team again. Oh, nice! I would, oh. You would be on my team, but you're leaving tomorrow. I know. So I gotta leave. Yes. I would play. How long? Oh, it's that's it's a several days. Thousand dollar buy-in. You can have two to four players. We have oh. three right now. Okay. At thousand, so three thirty, three thirty-three each. Yeah. Someone else has to put in. And the somebody extra has buck. to put in the extra buck. Yeah, yeah it's not going to be me. <laughs> well, it's um, California on fire. You got to go. Yeah, I gotta go so. back. I gotta work four days in a row, and then like a day off, and then three in a row. And I basically have to make up for all these trades for being out here for three weeks. <laughs> but it was worth it. It was a good trip, right? Oh god, and yeah, this was awesome. You did good. You yeah, did I did good. You had, uh, I think you know, I'm up several like caches. after this one. I think I'm up about two k for That's the. Good. Uh, yeah, not That's bad. Good. That's a good for fun. Yeah, take home some money. Absolutely. Respectable, I think. You know, yeah. not Absolutely. bad. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was good. Yeah, it was good, a good ending. Fun trip. A lot of fun, met a lot of fun people. It was, uh, yeah, this was just an awesome trip. It was an awesome trip. Tired of playing great poker for eight hours and then tilting it all the way on one hand? Elliot Rowe. I will not play a hand of poker unless I listen to that man's voice first. Meditation tapes just before you play. Get in the right mindset so you can focus on poker. Listen to an MP3 before you play. You put it right on your phone, your computer, your tablet. He has MP3s for everything. Live cash, online MTTs, post-game cooldown, the Mindset Booster Package, which comes with five MP3s. Confidence, motivation, recovery, volume, study booster, the simple volume system. Try it for free. There's no obligation. Listen to his seven-minute tilt buster. It's free from me to you. This is the next step in poker. The Mindset Advantage by Elliot Rowe. Use the code HUPOKER, score yourself a discount. All the links are in the show notes. 
Andrew and Mindy, thank you guys for coming on. Uh, Andrew, if you guys aren't familiar, I think most of you are, but uh, we had him on episode 150 and 161. And Andrew has a very interesting story. He's been living in Vegas now for a year and a half, and he's been doing so Carlos-esque style out of his uh, Prius. Uh, very, very smart kid when it comes to poker. I first met him, I think it was two years ago at the TPE meetup. I don't believe it was last year. Uh, I could be wrong on that, Andrew. I can't remember, <laughs> but I met him, I think two years ago and, uh, just real smart kid with poker. Uh, he's got a, a vlog. You guys can check that out. Uh, bike King 19. Uh, you can follow Andrew's story about how he's, uh, grinding the uh, Vegas circuit, and uh, he's doing so from his Prius. Uh, he writes for Poker News. Um, just a real, real sharp kid. Thank you, Andrew. And uh, I look forward to having you on again in the future. So, fifth place out of 163. Not bad. Good run. Good run. Um, a, uh, <laughs> as I listened to that again, I realized I, I misspoke about uh, when I said that he had ace-10 and we had ace-10 and so it was a flip. I think that was the uh, half a glass of scotch that I had just consumed a, a couple minutes before after finishing the tournament that affected that. That would actually be a chop. Uh, I ran the numbers. It's 91% uh, of the time ace-10 off versus ace-10 suited is a chop. 2% of the time the offsuit wins. The other uh, 7% of the time the suited one wins. So that's definitely not a flip. That is more than likely a chop. I, uh, yeah, I swear I've played this game before. Um, it, uh, yeah, that was a really fun event. Some things I've learned over the summer, um, a really big part of it. And I know I've, I've talked about it before with you guys, but having, um, you know, like if you guys are going to come out, uh, if you're catching the end of the series this year, uh, or you're planning on next year, or just any um, poker series tournament, I think the most important thing is to set a bankroll for your trip and set an amount of money that you can afford to lose if you bagel every single tournament or every cash game that you're going to play, and you set aside that money. So if you have six days, or if you have two weeks, or if you have a month, or if you got three days, um, you know, set aside your bank bankroll. Let's say you've got uh, 1500 bucks and you got five days to play it in. Uh, well then you you can do a $300 tournament a day and recognize that if you, um, fire two bullets in one of those, uh, events because you bust out in the second hand, well, that's a whole nother day of a tournament. So you may want to budget for 200 a day so you can allow for a couple of, uh, rebuys or a couple of uh, re-entries, uh, instead of 300. I think that's probably the number one tip I can give you guys as far as, like, kind of planning your summer. Another one, too, is I wouldn't recommend planning on playing a very set schedule. Uh, if you have a few tournaments in mind that, uh, that you really want to fire on, then definitely put those in your schedule, but make sure that you're not playing a tournament the night before um, that's going to take you into three in the morning when you have an 11 o'clock start time. You're just shooting yourself in the foot if you do that. Um, yeah. Uh, number two is, uh, you need to develop some type of routine before you play. And, uh, I'm not going to throw out another, uh, Elliot Rowe, um, um, advertisement here, but you need something that you do every single time 
before you play. So it kind of gets your brain into the, uh, the poker mode. So for me personally, I wake up, uh, I go for a run, I work out, take a shower, have some breakfast, and then I make my, uh, basically pack my meals for the day. So I like taking my meals with me. I do not like eating a pizza halfway through the tournament. Even having just a big meal for me halfway through the tournament isn't, um, I don't feel as fresh. I would rather have something that's like, uh, maybe 200 calories every couple of hours, uh, than I would to have something that's a thousand calories after not have, having not eaten for, you know, six or eight hours and then not eat again until the tournament's done. I think you're, you're, at least for me, uh, I noticed that I'm more, focused, um, and present at the table when I don't just have a giant, uh, you know, 800 calorie meal, just sitting in my stomach digesting while I have to think about uh, everything that's going on. I would rather eat like, uh, an apple an hour, um, and just kind of, uh, you know, keep it that, uh, those small little meals that it doesn't overwhelm your uh, digestive system because our blood's got to go somewhere. And if it's busy, digesting a meal that's less blood to your brain which is less oxygen you're not going to think as well um and make sure it's healthy too if you're eating a uh, you know like i said a pizza or something that's just going to put you to sleep it's not going to help you at all and the great thing is is that 80 percent of the other guys are eating a pizza <laughs> so when you don't do that it gives you a little edge um, have, uh, you know, some type of uh, warm up routine before you go in there. And before you, I, I talked to a coach once that he said, even if you have something as simple of before you get on your computer to fire up your uh, MTTs, you have one of those little tiny, uh, uh, miniature uh, Snickers bars that you pop in your mouth and you do that every single time before you play. He's like that. It, you just need something to, um, you know, trigger that it's poker time. Now, um, the tennis player. Nadal, he has this very specific routine that he does every time before he steps out onto the court. He gets two water bottles. He opens both of them up. He takes a small sip from one. He sits them down just right so. He arranges their labels so that they're facing out. Then he walks out onto the court and he makes sure when he does so that he skips all the lines. He's going through a routine in his head that he'd done hundreds of times before each match to get himself in the zone. And I believe you can do the same thing with poker. And, uh, and you should, and if you don't, then, uh, you're, you're, you're giving up that edge. Another big thing that I, uh, learned and I already knew, but this time I really put it into practice, um, is having no distractions at the table. I think Elliot was a big influence on me on this just because I've listened to his tapes hundreds of times and, um, he says them in all of them. So I think it's just kind of influenced my subconscious to the point to where now I'm just doing it. Uh, but eliminating all distractions, uh, not listening to any music at the poker table. Um, it, you're going to miss stuff. I know it can be a little boring and monotonous when you're only seeing 20 or 25 hands an hour because there's the drunk guy that has to keep being reminded to throw in his ante. Uh, and you're just like, oh my God, I can't take this. I've been card dead for two hours. Don't put the headphones in. Just your entertainment is watching the table, watching all the players, trying to figure out what everyone has. What hand could he be raising with right here with his range? Does the other guy know that he would be doing that? Just occupy your mind and occupy your thoughts with everything at the poker table. Watch everyone. 
all the time. You will be amazed at little tales that you pick up that the other guy that's listening to music or the pro that's watching a movie or uh, I saw a guy playing, uh, um, what was it? It was Big O while he's in a uh, poker tournament. He's playing it on his phone. And I'm like, man, this guy, like, he's a good player. Like, why would you, if your ROI is really that bad and, and you know, not enough in this tournament that you got to play one on your phone, then go buy into a 1500 event. Don't be playing a 365. That would be a much more effective use of your money. You know, he missed so many spots at the table that he would have otherwise seen had he just known that this guy gives a tell when he's going to play his hand that he puts a he puts a chip on his cards before the action comes to him. You know, it it um, no distractions. Keep your mind occupied with everyone at the table. If you find your uh, it takes a while to to allow your focus to be able to go like that for 12 or 15 hours. But it just takes practice. You may only be able to do it for 20 minutes before you find yourself pulling out your phone. Um, well, that's probably 20 minutes longer than you could before. So as soon as I find my focus is waning a little bit, I usually stand up. I kind of stretch a little bit. I look around at the room. I see how many tables are left. I look up at the board. What's the next blind levels? Just keep all of your thoughts around the poker tournament. If you really need a break... Um, go to the bathroom, splash some water on your face. There's an appropriate time to take a break at a poker tournament. And that is, uh, during play. I mean, not during the break. If you, if you've got to run away, uh, from the table, if you've got to use the head, the time to do it and is not when you're in the blinds, not when you're on the button and not when you're in late position. Ideally, you don't want to be there when you're going to be in early position because theoretically, you're probably only going to play 10 or 15% of those hands anyways. Problem is, if you're gone too long in the bathroom or running outside to get some fresh air and forget about that uh, bad beat that you just took and then go back in, um, you want to take it. I typically take it about three positions before the uh, blinds get to me. That uh, When that happens, this entire trip for the three weeks, whenever I took a break at that time, I never missed a blind. So, um, you know, and you're removing yourself from when you're going to have the worst position and when you're most likely not going to be able to play those cards that are dealt to you. Uh, so that'd be my recommendation on that. Um, another thing too, and I've talked about this before. Um, we talked about it on episode 60 with Chris Wallace. Um, and I agree. I've been doing it for years, um, at least since 2013, probably sooner is when I sit down at the table, I basically look at like, I'm kind of, I'm in work mode and I, there's parts, uh, I have a uniform basically is the way uh, Chris, Chris said it. And part of that uniform is a hat and the other is sunglasses. And I've heard a lot of people talk bad about uh, wearing sunglasses at the table. It makes you less approachable. Um, you know, you, um, you know, it might, give off the vibe that you're a pro and people may play differently against you. I can tell you from experience, having worn sunglasses for at least the last five years, the first few times I wore sunglasses at the table, I did feel a bit of that, but that went away pretty quickly. And it went away simply because uh, as soon as I sit down, I say, Hey, how's everybody doing? I always find out the dealer's name. I'm the friendly guy at the table getting to know everybody. Now, the advantage to having the sunglasses and the hat is 
you can direct your um, your face and, in other words, the tip of your hat in any direction, but your eyes can still be fixated on the people that are acting. So you can pretend like you're looking down at your chips. You just tilt your hat down slightly, but not so much to where you can't see the table anymore by looking up. Uh to make it look like you're counting your chips. But really what you're doing is you're looking at the guy that opened and you're thinking about three betting. So as you start to stack the chips there, you can be watching him, but to him it looks like you're looking down at your chips. Now you can get some really good information when you do this. And one of the big ones, and I even saw a pro do it two days ago. She does this for a living. Uh, not Mindy, but uh, another pro. Uh, at the win, and it was so obvious. I mean, as soon as I started uh, reaching for my chips, she instantly looked at both her cards after after she checked to me. When she saw me grab the chips, she looked at her cards. Now, why would a pro do that unless she wasn't aware of the tell? She did it so fast, it was it was unconscious. I know she didn't consciously do it, and sure enough, I threw out a small C bet, and she folded. So these are little things that you can you can get by uh, by wearing sunglasses and a hat. You can where it's really helpful is uh, when you're in a situation where it's like um, you've shoved all in and the big blinds contemplating a call. I sit there with one elbow on the table and one hand uh, across my uh, across my cheek and mouth, and I don't move. I don't, I don't shuffle chips. I don't do, I don't do anything. I, I just don't move. And it's really tough to read a guy that does that when you do the same movement and the same posture every single time. Whenever you're in a hand, you're not talking unless there's a, you know, a final decision on the river. You know, at that point, you can take your hat and sunglasses off and, and talk to the guy and try to get some information out of him. But during the hand, you don't say anything. So the sunglasses can kind of create a little bit of a shield. When you have that guy in the big blind staring across at you for like half a minute trying to get anything on you, when you have your sunglasses on, uh, you know, he he can look at you, but he doesn't know where you're looking. He can't see your eyes. Uh, you uh, you're really not giving uh, anything away as long as you're not as long as you're not moving or shuffling in your seat or talking. Uh, so. I don't play a hand of poker anymore without them. Um, the only time I'll ever play without my sunglasses and a hat is if I'm in some kind of friendly tournament, uh, you know, maybe $50 or less or something like that. Uh, but other than that, I wear them every single time. And I would walk back out to the car quite a distance if I forgot my sunglasses and hat <laughs> to go back in and play with them. That's how important I feel they are. Another tip uh, that I can give you, or at least something that I really did on this trip, even more so than the last one, um, is really get out there and meet some of these poker players. Get Build uh, relationships. Um, get their phone numbers. Get their emails. Get their Twitters. Um, keep in contact with these guys. I think it's really important to have a core group, a core um, poker social circle, uh, because it will... It will allow you so many opportunities that you otherwise would not have had if you didn't have friends in the business. It um, it's 
I think it's a real key to success. You have to bounce ideas off of other guys. You got to run hands by other guys. Um, you know, like the ace 10, uh, suited hand. Andrew's absolutely right. That was a fist pump shove. Um, you know, my thinking at the time was that, uh, this guy, his, uh, I can't remember how to pronounce his name, but he went by, uh, JP. He, uh, he and I had played at the same table for about six hours and, um, we had a friendly dynamic going. And so we watched the field go from, you know, 160 some people down to, uh, five. And we were two of the ones remaining. And ironically, we played at the same table the entire time. Um, during the breaks, uh, me and JP and Mindy and his and JP's partner, uh, Tony, we were joking about how, okay, when we get down to the final table and when we get heads up, then JP and I will bounce out and Mindy and Tony will come in and finish it off. And we'll do some type of, uh, uh, we'll chop it somehow where they're playing for first for a few hundred bucks or something like that, you know? And then uh, JP and I were laughing. We're all, no, we won't tell them what, uh, what they're actually playing for. But, you know, you and I will make it like $4 or something and just watch them sweat it out for 45 minutes over four bucks. You know, we had a friendly dynamic. When I went into the bathroom on one of the breaks, JP and Tony, they didn't know that I was in the bathroom there, but I heard them talking and JP was saying, this is going to be great. I really think Steve and I are going to get heads up for the final table. It'll be awesome. Then when we do, we'll switch out. And then I walked around the corner and they saw me and he's all, Hey, I was just telling Tony about this, how we're going to get heads up. And, and then, uh, uh, on the uh, final table, we're going to switch it out since Tony and Mindy started drinking. It'll be, it'll be entertaining. I'm like, I'm down. <laughs> so when he raised and I was thinking about shoving, the uh, 13 bigs with ace-10 suited, which is a fist pump shove, uh, especially with the dynamic at the table where I was the uh, short stack and he was the chip leader. Um, I was running through all those times that he had said that. And he, it really looked to me like he did not want to, uh, like he did not want to bust me. And it really looked to me like he thought he had the best hand, which from his perspective, Ace 10 against the short stack is in all likelihood going to be the best hand. And, um, you know, when I asked him afterwards, I don't think he had any reason to lie to me. I was out of the tournament. I'm probably not going to see the guy. Uh, I mean, I may see him again, but, uh, may not. Um, but, uh, it felt to me like a fold. I went with my read on that one and, uh, I think I was just, uh, man, should have shoved it. Hindsight's 2020. But, um, I think that's going to be a wrap for this week. Uh, I've got to go do uh, quite a few days at work, so I wanted to get out an episode uh, because I won't be able to while I'm uh, at work. Um, if you guys want to submit a hand to the podcast, go to headsuppoker.poker. You can do that. Uh, we'll review your hand on the air and analyze it. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, go to the same place, headsuppoker.poker. And click on and bookmark us for Amazon. Every purchase that you make uh, won't cost you an extra penny, but a small percentage of your purchase will go back to the podcast and uh, we keep this train running. If you want to get better at tournaments and start uh, cashing some like I did over the summer, join Tournament Poker Edge. I watch one of those videos every single day. It is completely informative 
and they are amazingly entertaining, and you will learn a lot. I love Alex Fitzgerald's videos. I watch all of them multiple times. <laughs> They're great. Use the code HUPMONTH, quarter or HUPYEAR, depending on how long you want to sign up for. And uh, let's start shipping some tournaments, people. Thank you for tuning in. And here is your weekly motivational speech. How much did they first pay you to give up on your dreams? And when were you going to stop and come back and do what makes you happy? You know why kids love athletes? Kids love athletes because they follow their dreams. I see guys who work at the same company for their entire lives. They clock in, they clock out, and they never have a moment of happiness. You have an opportunity. This is a rebirth. Life has a way of pushing our dreams down. They can become buried under discouragement, buried under past mistakes. There are dreams buried under divorce, buried under low self-esteem. It's easy to settle for mediocrity, even though we have all this potential buried on the inside. All of us have things that we're believing for, something that we want to accomplish. Deep down, we know it's a part of our destiny. We can feel it so strongly. But then we hit some setbacks. We didn't get the promotion. The medical report wasn't good. Or a relationship didn't work out. Now don't let circumstances talk you out of it. You may not understand why a business didn't make it, why a person walked away, why you came down with an illness. You were doing the right thing, but the wrong thing happened. It's all a part of the process. Your dream may be buried. The good news is it's still alive. It's not too late to see it come to pass. If you'll do your part and start believing again, get your passion back, it is on the way. Go back and try again. The true mark of a champion is even though some dirt gets thrown on your dream, instead of letting it get buried, you keep shaking it off. You keep moving forward. You keep looking for new opportunities. If you're gonna reach your highest potential, you have to make up your mind that you are in it for the long haul. You're not gonna let people talk you out of it. Circumstances discourage you. Delays cause you to give up. Critical people cause you to get distracted. You're going to stay focused on your goal. This is your time. This is your moment. Your destiny is calling out to you.